You know, the great fast bowler Glenn McGrath once said, nothing compares to an Ashes series. Well, of course, we're in one right now, and Warwick Hadfield is so excited by it all, he's agreed to a, <laughs> a special Saturday chat. Now, Warwick, I hear from Jim Maxwell uh, earlier this morning that it was apparently a truly sparkling first day at Edgbaston, all part of England's changed attitudes to um, test playing. Would you agree? Absolutely. It was full basball, uh, Geraldine. That's, uh, this is the title given for the way England now plays under the coaching of uh, Brendan McCullum, a New Zealander, and the captaincy of Ben Stokes, New Zealand-born but uh, English uh, by adoption. And uh, if you... <laughs> It's uh, interesting that uh, England has, uh, since Ranjit Sinji, has uh, plundered uh, the uh, empire to find fine cricketers. <laughs> and it's interesting that this new approach, this wonderful sparkling, which is very much a Jim Maxwell word, uh, approach would be coming from the, from the old colonies. Uh, as I said, you know, Ranjit Sinji, Albert Trottle, you know, right from the start of Test Cricket, England's been stealing the best from out and about. And uh, Ben Stokes is a fascinating story. Uh, his father was a, a, a very good rugby league player for New Zealand and got a coaching job in, in Cumbria with Working Town and moved there. So Ben Stokes grew up in the, the town of Cockermouth in Cumbria, which has three now, three famous sons. William Wordsworth, his uh, place of birth is in the main street of Cockermouth, uh, Fletcher Christian, and uh, now Ben Stokes from this lovely little town uh, on the banks of the Derwent River in Cumbria. Well, so, I did and... not know all of that. <laughs> Well, look, that's, you can impress everyone in the tea room. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. And look, what will you be looking, and, and of course they've declared, so we're, we're, we're none for 14, I think, weren't we? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what will you be looking for, particularly in terms of how we reply? That's that's the big question because uh, look from the start in uh, uh, the Australians knew what was going to come and it came from the first ball. Zach, uh, the first ball of an Ashes series can define it. We know about Steve Harmison's wide that went to second slip. We know about Rory Burns getting clean bowled by Mitchell Stark in the last one in Australia on the first ball. Now the first ball of this series was a bit of a juicy half volley uh, from Pat Cummins and Zach Crawley whacked it for four. And not not just the Australians went oh here it is here's Baz ball, but uh, I think it, I think we saw on the face of Ben Stokes, that uh, it was uh, something that had quite surprised him as well. But England kept that up. A scoring rate of five and over in Test cricket is phenomenal. It wasn't that long ago at, at the height of you know Matthew Hayden and Justin Langer and Ricky Ponting and so on that we thought three and a half runs and over was going fine. It, I think the Australians from the outset yesterday were in a defensive mode against Baz Ball. If they carry that into their batting, they could. You know, it, it, McCullum's approach changed. He, he wasn't the greatest batsman ever and he knew while he was at the wicket there was always in the vernacular of cricket there was always going to be a ball with his name on it. So instead of grimly defending and hoping to just get by, he decided, well, I'm only going to be here for a short time. I might as well score as many runs as I can. And that's what he's doing now uh, with the whole of the English side. Zach Crawley uh, epitomised that. And then, of course, Joe Root. Uh, Joe Root's cricket career was fading because he'd become so defensive and mm. within his shell. Now he's, he scored a big century. He's 100 not out, uh, included four sixes. Uh, oh, I so think he can be attacking. very exciting, Joe Root, to watch, actually. Oh, he's a fabulous cricketer. Mm. He had another of these great cricketers that have come out of Yorkshire. And because it was Johnny Bairstow, another a tyke who uh, was also batting well for England, he was going at a runner ball. This is, yeah, this is T20 cricket growing into the extended form of the game. Now, Australia's response, uh, I think they won't be able to go with England in terms of the run rate. I think they'll just try and score as many runs as they can and hope that they can get a big lead over England and let England 
take the um, take try and control the game again. But at this stage, you'd have to say England have won day one of the Ashes mm. uh, Test. Oh, could matter. Now, look, is Glenn McGrath quite right these days, though, Warwick, that nothing compares to an Ashes series? There's quite a lot of chat, I notice, around this series, that it's being squeezed into a very tight frame, five matches in about five weeks, I think it is, to clear the ground for something called the 100, which is said to be the British version of 2020. And some are suggesting this could be the last season where test players are primarily uh, sort of governed by their national boards as opposed to their owners. So, I mean, you know, do you think there really is something on the cusp of big change uh, underway at the moment? Well, big change has been going on in Test cricket since Kerry Packer came along with uh, white ball cricket and, and, and that was in the 1970s and cricket Test cricket's been reading its obituary many times since uh, then. It's a hardy beast and, look, that was a full house at Edgebaston last night. Mm. Um, uh, there is this great love of Test cricket among the English, uh, the Australians, and to his everlasting credit, Virat Coley has pushed and pushed it back against uh, his uh, administrators to keep Test cricket alive in India. But not South New Africa Zealand and is... not West Indies. <laughs> No, that's right. Well, the West Indies, um, I mean, they've all become privateers, those, um, those West Indian cricketers or a lot, a lot of them. Uh, they don't want to do well. They just want to do well enough to get a, a T20 contract these days. And that's sad. I mean, when you remember back to the days of Clive Lloyd, even before that, uh, Rowan Canhai and Wesley Hall, West Indian cricket was something to behold. But these days there's, there's something tawdry uh, and desultory desert, desert about it that, uh, you know, it makes it hard to watch. But look, the, an Ashes series will always be an Ashes series while ever Australia and England have this great rivalry that, of course, goes back to the, the, first, uh, the first fleet almost, you'd have to say. So I, I think, yes, Glenn McGraw is right and I think he will remain right for a long, long time, particularly because Australian cricketers uh, grow up with the history of it and, and whatever you do in a one-day game... Whatever you do in a T20 game, it's very, very ephemeral. But what you do in a test match goes against your name forever, Geraldine. Oh, Warwick. <laughs> you old sentimental boy. Okay, look, <laughs> thank you very much indeed for breaking into your weekend and speaking to us. We really appreciate it. An absolute pleasure, Geraldine. Above and beyond is his usual. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.